Hey friend, welcome to another episode of Goal Driven Moms. Now, I want to tell you, just so you know, this is the last episode in 2022. Crazy, right? I can't believe December is almost here. And I take a rest to refuel and plan for the coming year. So I take December off the podcast. Now, I do this to give you permission to do the same thing. I want to actually practice what I preach. And I talk a lot about the importance of resting, knowing when to stop, simplifying all the things. This is so, so important. So that's why I do it here. So I could have chosen to put some replays on here in December for you, but then I think I'd still be monitoring the pod. Rather, I decided to take the month off. But I wanted to let you know, exciting things are coming your way in 2023. I've been hearing God nudging me to keep going, but to also pivot a touch and begin talking about how to turn your passion into a purpose in terms of creating an online business. So we're starting 2023 hot, talking about the seven secrets to planning your goals in a way to actually take them to the finish line. Then I'm bringing on my business mentor in a five-part series where we talk about perseverance, how to create goals you'll finish, how to stick to things when it's hard, how to keep your motivation when you're not feeling it, and even how to know when it's time to quit on a goal. We did this series on her podcast this past year, and I wanted to bring it to you because we really bring the heat and talk all things goals and putting them together. And I have just so much more planned for you, including talking about your spiritual gifts, how to, dis- how to discover them, and how to use them to make an impact, how to know when God is nudging you to do something, how to know what that something is, and how to make a plan to work toward it, going after it scared, stepping into the unknown and out of your comfort zone. It's exciting, isn't it? So, okay, enough about next year. I really wanted to share that with you, though, because I want you to know why there's no podcast coming in December, but what is coming up. So I don't want you to miss it either. So let's talk a little bit about today. What happens when God calls you to something bigger than yourself? Whether it's missions or starting a nonprofit or opening a business or homeschooling your kids, it's scary. It feels impossible. It puts a little fear in your step, right? So how do you push forward even if you have no clue how it will come together? How will you let go of the rat race and step into that God-sized dream that seems to surpass your qualifications? Today, I have my friend Stephanie Pletka on the show to talk to you about just that. She is a mom of four, host of the Motherhood and Mindset podcast, and author of Living Your Best Life. She thinks it's important to raise custom kids, to live a life outside of the box, to let go of that rat race that keeps us in turmoil and to live life to the full and less to the busy. Today, she's going to help us walk through how to create a life we've always dreamed of in God's plans, no matter what we think our qualifications are. I'm excited to get chatting, so let's dive in. Hey mama, welcome to Goal Driven Moms. Do you want to find yourself again outside of motherhood and clarify your God-given goals? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering how to find simple systems to keep you on track? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to feel guilty, prioritizing your interests over others' needs? Hey, I'm Gabe, and I too was a busy working mom who lost herself to motherhood. I put my dreams on the shelf where they collected dust for years. I was pulled in a thousand directions with too many to-dos piling up. 
and I desperately wanted to find a way to create a work-life balance and be present for my family. I wished I could enjoy interests of my own, but I kept telling myself I didn't have what it takes, others would judge me, and that me time was selfish. Until I found out a little secret. My kids need me to be their example, and they need to see me win. Yours do too. In this podcast, you will discover how to clarify your goals, how to plan with purpose, and how to ditch your distractions and simplify your home so you can turn your passions into purpose by pursuing your goals God's way. In order to realize finish line goals, we need to be willing to step into the fire of refinement so God can mold us into women ready to crush our goals His way. I've learned to use my interest in running to enhance my productivity and spiritual growth. I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Lace up those running shoes and step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Hey, Stephanie. Thank you so much for hopping on Goal Driven Moms with me today. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. I just love your podcast. I love everything you do. I love to follow you. This is a blast. Thanks. Oh, so good. Well, I've already shared your professional bio and everything. So I would love to just start out to get to know you a little bit better. Um, Tell us something unique about you. Tell us a little bit about your family. Okay, so I have four kids. I have uh, four kids. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. (laughs) So I have three boys and a girl. And something interesting. Okay, so we're a family of six. And we... We pulled all of our kids out of school and we decided to hit the road to work and educate and travel on the road. And I mean, we're talking like planes, trains, Airbnbs and RV. And we ended up traveling to like 45 states and nine countries in three years. Gosh, And let me tell you, it was about as crazy as you would have imagined. I mean, (laughs) I learned how to drive a 36 foot motorhome from a YouTube video. And um, so we're driving cross country on this history tour of the East Coast. And I thought, how fun, you know, we'll go see the Smithsonian, the Boston Freedom Trail, the Statue of Liberty. And then I missed an exit and we ended up accidentally driving through Manhattan in this 36 foot motorhome at rush hour traffic. Oh my gosh, that would be terrifying. <laughs> I was crying and my husband was in the back, like on a conference call and the kids were all like, eating chicken nuggets. And they're like, mom, why is everybody honking at us? (laughs) I love it. I love it. So tell me how old were your kids when you did that? Oh, that's a good question. Everybody asked that too. They're like, were they teenagers? No. So the oldest was 12 and they ranged all the way to four years old. Okay. Oh, that's so fun. So pretty much all of them remember it then, right? Yeah, they do. The four-year-old, it's a little iffy. She remembers the Statue of Liberty. She remembers driving through Manhattan and mama crying. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a crazy experience for sure. That's super exciting. I love that. I would have loved to do that because when we started homeschooling, I was thinking, oh yeah, we'll go travel and learn while we school and all this stuff. And then my oldest is an elite gymnast, so we can't really leave the gym very much. So I'm like, oh man, I guess when the kids are out of the house, Josh and I will do that and we'll travel. So our actually big, our, our God-sized dream, we're talking about God-sized dreams today. So here's our God-sized dream. I don't know if it really is a God-sized dream, but either way, we want to sell our house and we want to buy a fifth wheel or maybe a tiny house on wheels or whatever. And we want a little plot of land to come back to like as our home, but then we're going to travel wherever our kids are and get our time to be able to just live simply, bring our work on the road because 
hopefully we'll both be working online and different things like that. And, you know, so I'm excited for that. Um, but I don't think too much about it because it's still kind of in the future. But uh, but yeah, that's always I always thought, oh, we'll do a year of traveling with the kids and do homeschool. But you got to do that. That is so cool. Yeah, we totally did. So I'm from a town of about 2000 people. There's not a single red light in town. And um, my first job was a cashier at Piggly Wiggly. (laughs) That is how far in the boonies we lived. And, um, you know, the first time I ever flew a plane, I was 19 years old. And it was to head to college. And, uh, you know, I just thought, oh, I I traveled in like the three, the tri-state area of like, I went to Dollywood, you know, in Tennessee, and I went to Florida to the beach and let's see, uh, went to Texas on a mission trip once, went to Georgia to Six Flags, you know, but I thought, I want to see the world. I want to see what it looks like out there. And um, my parents were, they were entrepreneurs. So my parents were entrepreneurs and they had this like, you know, work hard and a great work ethic and everything was about grit, you know, and if you fail, you get back up. And so I knew that in the beginning, I thought there's no way I would travel and do all these things and be able to work. But um, my husband sat me down once and he's like, if you basically, he was saying, if you had this God filled dream that you wanted to accomplish, what would it be? And let me tell you, it was, it was a very low on the, it was like low hanging fruit. I thought, well, we'll work full time and I'll get in a motor home and we will travel the country for two weeks with our kids. And he was like, Hmm, he listened to that. And he thought, well, if you had all the resources and you could just, you know, all the money, what would you do different? And like, what is the end goal? So I had to ask myself first, you know, did I want a close-knit family? Did I want to build deep-rooted relationships with the kids? I mean, sometimes you'll have to look and be like, what is your end goal? Do you want great health? Do you want to see the world? Do you want to experience adventure? You know, what does that look like for you? And so he said, I would love to be able to work from anywhere. I had a video production company later on. He had a software company. But he's like, I'd love to just work from anywhere and just travel with the kids. And I, I thought there is no way, like, how do you, how do you even do that when your kids are in football and ballet and all the things? How do you even do that? So that is where we started. Mm, That's so good. I love it. So that sounds like you kind of realized a little bit of a God-sized dream there, but what was it for you that made you really decide, no, this is a God-sized dream. This is something I want to do. Yeah. So it was easy to dream that when my husband and I were sitting in Houston, Texas, you know, in our plaid couch and our little bitty house and no kids and, you know, to dream big, but then life happens and you get on this hamster wheel of life. And it's kind of like, if you think outside the box, you're different, you're weird, y'all are crazy. And, um, so it was a little bit of that, but what we had done was we had this big dream and then life happens and then you're working hard and you got to pay the bills and you got the mortgage and the white picket fence and all the crazy in life and kids are being slung from carpool to, you know, it's just, it's life and it can feel heavy at times. And we were like debating, when do we flip the switch and start working out of our offices and working from a, a motor home that, which we didn't even have at the time. And um, we just started saving our money. I sold my video production company 
And my husband was like, hmm, I just don't know when is the right time because it felt like it needed to be the perfect time. And sometimes you just have to start. And I felt like, okay, we are on the end of this diving board. Oh, good Lord. Are we going to flip the switch? Are we going to do this? And suddenly when we start pulling back thinking, I don't know, you know, I don't know if we should do this. My husband, we lost one of our, we had, they say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. We had three and starting this business and they went out of business at Christmas time. And suddenly we had to take jobs where he was working in London. He was working overseas. And I sat on the end of my bed in tears. I had four kids under seven years old. And I thought, how did I get here? This is not the life, you know, Lord, this is not the life that I wanted. This is, this is not the dream. And, uh, you know, I go from corporate life to trying to get a kid to learn how to pee. And I was like, I can't even do this. You know, I was negotiating contracts and now I can't even convince a kid to, to do these things. And um, it felt a little hopeless at times because, you know, you make meals for the kids and you've got green something on your shoulder and no one says like, good job, mom. And my husband was away for a month at a time and I was starting to feel resentment towards him. I was starting to feel angry. I would call him to say, Hey, you know, I need to talk. And he's like, I'm so sorry. You know, the time difference is like six hours or something. And he was at the Hilton having dinner, you know, eating a steak with somebody. He didn't say it like that, but it's how I heard it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like thinking of ways of how I'm going to kill him. <laughs> and he felt sad because he was missing out on the the goodness of the crazy and the stories and the the kids, him coming home and then wanting to wrestle him like a, you know, just like a monkey, you know, when they jump on the your back and they're like take trying to take you down. He was missing all of that ooey gooey goodness of the journey. And so we lost this client and he comes in one day and he says, what if this is the moment? What if that closed door that we tried to pry open what if it's a closed door and that ending creates a new beginning? And that was the moment where he's like, hey, maybe you could homeschool the kids. And I thought, I didn't even know Pluto was no longer a planet. There is no <laughs> way I am homeschooling kids. I could do PE. Maybe I could do English. I... <laughs> and he's like, okay, let's just, let's just try to figure it out and make it work. And that's what we did. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I, and I love it how you said, well, maybe this door is closed for a reason. Because I think sometimes we just try so hard to push those doors open and we're like, no, this is our plan. This is our plan. And we need this door. We need this door. And it's almost God saying, no, you're trying to go through that door, but I have one over here for you that's ready and waiting, but you're working so hard on that one. And so I love that it was kind of like, okay. Maybe this is this is a God thing. Maybe the door closed is something else opening. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about when you had this dream? Now, okay, you're you're making things happen. This is gonna become reality. Did you feel qualified to do something like that? Like what was it like for you to have to like step into this unknown and out of this your comfort zone, probably just not really knowing. I mean, I'm guessing you didn't plan out every little detail before you guys went on this journey. So there was so much unknown in there and probably some fears. So, so what, how did you push through that? 
Absolutely not. Did I feel qualified? <laughs> and anyway, I had driven a minivan and now I've got to get on YouTube and figure out how to drive a motorhome because my husband was going to be in meetings. It was all on me. And the first time we went to rent this motorhome, we were going to go up the East Coast. It's going to be fun. We're going to go to Boston, oh, all these fun things. And it started out just terrible. <laughs> all the the friends and family showed up in the neighborhood and we've got this huge motorhome that is it's just ridiculous. It looks like a school bus, you know, what am I doing? And so I get on YouTube and I learn how like not to hit, you know, gas pump stations, you know, when you come in and, you know, how to swing wide and oh, good Lord. So all the friends and family in the neighborhood are all like, gathered around to see us, you know, voyage out of town. <laughs> and I turn on the engine and they're all waving. And the first thing I do is the door, we forgot to lock it and it flies open and the doors are connected to the steps. So as soon as the, the door opens, the steps come out and we took the biggest chunk out of our sidewalk you have ever seen. <laughs> Oh, it was so embarrassing. It was like, okay, let's start again. And about five minutes later, a car flies in front of us. I slam on brakes and every, like there was, we must've had like 84 chicken nuggets on a platter and they hit every wall everywhere. I mean, it was like grease for three days. It took to clean all that. So, you know, sometimes your start, you just start unqualified, but, um, you just do it. You do it wrong. You do it crazy, but you just start. And that's what really got everything going was, you know, just that dream unqualified, just go for it. I love that. It's so funny. Okay. Before we talk about like the ways that we can think outside the box and, and get these dreams, I'd love to hear just what was your favorite part of that three-year journey? Oh my goodness. To consolidate it. Let me think. So. There were times, and it could just make me cry because there were times where, you know, all I wanted was for our kids to be close and to be a tight-knit family. And look, there are lots of ways to make that happen. You don't have to have a passport or an RV, you know, and I'll talk about those ways later. But for me, it was just the team spirit. When I didn't know what I was doing or dad was in the back on a conference call, the kids would rally, mom, how could I help you? They helped me with, you know, they learned time management skills and budgeting and team spirit, all those things. But I think for me, it was just those fire pit moments, you know, where the kids are alone. They're not worried about like what their, their peers at school are thinking. They're going to try things that they had never tried before, you know, when someone else is, might laugh at them at school. Um, hearing the stories, the laughter all of the just the the deep-rooted relationships that we built along the way that was probably my favorite were those fire pit moments mm, i love that so good so creating those family memories i mean you can't go wrong with that you really can't so well i would love for you to just walk us through some ways that we can create a life we've dreamed of um and really i mean you've done this all with outside of the box thinking like it's not about you know, it, it's not going to come out the way we thought at first, or we have to think about how do we actually create this for ourselves? And you're the perfect person to talk about this. So 
Well, thank you so much. I am so imperfect. And that's probably <laughs> what creates a lot of stories for me. You know, it's like, oh, gosh, I didn't see that coming. That was exciting. Um, what makes me happy? That's probably the first thing I would ask is what brings me joy? For me, it's writing. It's it's travel. It's walking along a creek bank, just exploring and sitting with my thoughts. Um, it's hiking a mountain and seeing, you know, how far I can go. So the first thing I would ask is what makes me happy? You know, it's, is it sitting at a campfire site and listening to your kids talk and laugh and tell stories? To me, that's what I call those fire pit moments in your life. Number two, I would say create space to breathe. You know, create space to imagine, to grow, to create moments of exploration that seed creativity. You know, a space to hear your voice, to hear God's voice. You know, when my son was 18, he asked me to go skydiving with him. And it's easy to say no, because I just want to live, okay? <laughs> but say if I was creating space for exploration, you know, then I had to say, I had to keep an open mind. You know, I wanted to say yes. And it was one of the most memorable days of my life. <laughs> you know, and my son, he still talks about this, right? <laughs> so when we when we don't offer space to breathe, it's, it's easy to want to quit, to want to walk away, to feel burnout, to feel angry, to yell at the kids. Um, and, and we feel like a failure. So I want to remind people, when you want to quit, you know, Create that space to breathe. That's just having that, that margin between the road and the cliff's edge, right? So Galatians 6, 9 always reminds me, do not grow weary in doing good, for you will reap a harvest of blessing, but the key is, is if you don't give up. So creating space to breathe is key. And then, you know, we're trained to... I don't know, we're trained to stay within the box, you know, on that hamster wheel of life. It's so easy to just keep spinning, keep spinning. And that had me so frustrated. You know, I was driving kids to football practice and ballet recitals. And John and I were like, we are living life so much to the busy, but it was rarely to the full. You know, mm. it's like we're all alive, but are we truly living? I'm driving in hot to carpool and we're throwing kids here and there and going to Costco. And, you know, before we knew it, we weren't even enjoying life. You know, we have 18 summers, if we're lucky, with our kids, 18 summers, that's it. To do all the things, to make all the memories, to create all the deep-rooted relationships with our kids, that is it. So that's when he sat me down and he's like, hey, hey, that door closed. Let's go for it. Let's do it now. So, you know, in the midst of trying to decide what to do with that closed door, we just went for it. So that's when number three came into play. Don't allow, don't allow their no to be your no. See, sometimes we have a dream in our heart, but not everyone is going to understand it. That's okay. Do it anyway. Of course, we had pullback. We put, had pushback when family were like, and friends were like, what are you doing? You know, because they didn't like it in the sense that we won't be able to see you as often. We won't be able to spend as much time. We won't be able to go to their football games. I mean, it was a real transition, but the kids were for it, especially that age, four to 12. 
that's when they're like, hey, mom wants to do this. Yeah, let's go for it. And you just make a way. Gosh, we we rented our home in Atlanta. You know, I, I felt like even though I didn't know that door was closing, I felt like there was movement. There was rumblings for change. And I began to clean my house. That's all I began to do. I just, I, these moments just, it makes me happy and sad at the same time. It's like, you know, I knew that there was a, a change in the air. I didn't know what it was. There was no big dream that we, we had. It was like, clean the house. Start with the kitchen. Start with the closets. Start putting things into storage. And then we were like, hey, why don't we rent our home while we're out of town or out of the country? And then there was, you know, we had decluttered and depersonalized the house. So it was little baby steps. It was looking online to see if, hey, do I homeschool? Can I find a teacher online to help us partner with this along the way? So it's really little baby steps. But oftentimes when we have a dream, say if you want to write a book, and the publisher says no to it, or a boss may say no to a promotion. Keep building, keep writing. They are not God. They're just a roadblock. This is not the end. Okay. This is not the end of your story. This is only the beginning of it because they don't have that kind of power unless you give it to them. They're just a small bump in the road on the way to your purpose. So I tell people just reroute and carry on. Oh, I love that. That's so good. I love it that you say they're just a roadblock. <laughs> That's all they are. Um, because I talk about roadblocks all the time when it comes to running. Like there's, you get the walls, you have these speed bumps, you have all the different things and you have to be willing to push through them on the way to your God-sized dream. Um, I, and I love how you were talking about like, um, I just started cleaning and it reminded me of our move from Minnesota to Colorado because it was kind of the same thing. My parents were so mad at me for so long. Um, my dad can't travel anymore, so they won't be coming to visit us here. So we have to go back and visit. But it was like, why are you doing this? This is crazy. This is kind of a stupid idea and all the things. And we never planned that. We had no idea we were going to move. It was an eight-week process. Like from the time where we go, huh, maybe we should move to the time we sold our house. It was eight weeks. We had no clue this was happening. But I was decluttering. Like I had decluttered our house. I had gotten rid of different, God kept saying, you need to get, you need to take this off your plate. You need to take this off your plate. So for like a year, a year, maybe even a year and a half, I was doing those things, getting rid of roles, stopping some of my work, doing all these things. And all of a sudden we were in this place where God said, move. And I, I didn't have any excuses. Like there was no, nothing keeping us there outside of family and friends, but you know, and so it was like, wow we would have never seen that coming I, and we wouldn't have planned it that way. So I love how you said that. It's just, it, it came together and it was just piece by piece and day by day. And what, what do you need then? Um, and all of that. So thinking outside of the box there. Now, I know you talk a little bit about, and this is one thing I love about you. Um, and actually I love that the saying that you have is um, live life to the full and less to the busy but I think part of that does have to do with like not taking life too seriously. And I think that's something that you're really good at too. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about what does that mean? What does it mean to not take life seriously? I mean, especially as we are going after big goals that we don't feel qualified for, 
Um, I feel like sometimes we get too serious. Like, I, you know, I, I'm too serious. I don't joke or laugh too much. I was laughing at a movie the other day. Just, I, it was a stupid movie, but I, I was laughing so much. And the boys were just looking at me like, where did she come from? You know what I mean? And it's like, I take life too seriously. So how do we not do that? <laughs> Well, it's funny that you said that. Take don't take life so seriously because it can feel serious, you know, especially when you're kind of the head of the household and you're the boss and you're making all the decisions and it's like somebody needs to be serious, somebody needs to be, you know, in charge and um yeah, so how to make how to not take life so seriously. Well, first realizing that life is not perfect. Because just like that day that, you know, I would have never started if I thought life had to be perfect when I left and the door opened and the steps fell out and we broke the sidewalk, you know, <laughs> you really have to learn to laugh at yourself. But um, there's always something in, in my mind, there's always something to mow, to cut, to wash. You know, we are living with what you've got three boys. I mean, I'm sure that's loud and crazy. And um, sometimes it can feel like, you're living with a group of squirrels in your home <laughs> because we are and all the different personalities and opinions. Sometimes when life feels like a pressure cooker, you know, someone comes out on the 101 and cuts you off. I want to grab that out of the sky and I want to be like, he did that to me. And all day long, my mentality is every decision I make, I'm still talking about it. I'm still mad about it. I pick up the kids at school and carpool and mad about it. And how many times have we done that to somebody and we didn't do it on purpose? It was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even see that car. And my kids now will say, we'll make stories out of it. So instead of being mad about it, my daughter, she came up with like, oh my goodness, I bet they have bees in their car and they were like swerving all over the road or I, she's 14. Or I would say, I bet she's about to have a baby. And if she doesn't get out of here quick, she's going to have the baby on this exit, you know. And so we're just laughing about things like that because we're storytellers. We create a story. So whatever happens in our life, we're creating the story, whether it's good or bad. So sometimes, say, we walk into a room and no one says hello. And it's like, oh, I've done that for speaking engagements. And it's like, I don't even belong here. You know, we create the story. We get to write our own story. So. Sometimes, for instance, you know, this pressure cooker of life, I want to get angry, so I'll just go out to the car, and I will, like, rage sing Bon Jovi or Taylor Swift, you know, or go to the back, you know, and sit on the porch and just eat your favorite chocolate and don't share it. You know, there life is life. Sometimes I'll just get a coffee and sing all the songs, and I don't even know the words to half of these songs, but I'm just like, ah! You know, it's like you've just got to take that little top off and let it spew, you know, in that pressure cooker of life because we're doing all these crazy things and we're only one person. So that's what I would say is, look, you are the ultimate storyteller and you get to write your own story. Mm -hmm. So good. I re I totally relate to the car <laughs> on the highway as the one place I have road rage. So I'm going to have to start making up <laughs> stories. That's so good. <laughs> it's just living life a little bit lighter, really, and not taking things personally. Or I've I always heard it to like, um, say I say something to someone and then I'm like, oh, I wonder if I should have said it this way. Or, you know, you dwell on things like, what are they going to think? And it's like, they forgot about it. 
five seconds later, they're on with their day and I'm dwelling on this thing. Why, why am I doing that? <laughs> and so I love that. So I would love to hear as we're kind of wrapping up, um, what one of the biggest lessons is that you've learned on your journey of out of outside of the box thinking? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I would say that life is not perfect. It's just maintenance. So for us to think that things are going to go great all the time, I mean, most of the time, it's like you said, plan B, C, or F, you know, or the dog is in the background or the kids are crying. I mean, that's life. We're not going to stop a podcast over this stuff. We're not going to, kids are going to be crying in Target because we needed to take them during nap time. And now they act like they have no bones in their body and they're just screaming and squalling, you know, right in the lobby. And you're just like, can't anybody just act like they're somebody and just give me a break? No, because they're a child and we took them during that time. It's just life is life. So if we can realize that it's not perfect, it's going to be, it's just maintenance. Then I think that makes us uh, a, a lot, life a lot more doable. Like um, oftentimes what we do is we fail and then we believe that we aren't enough, right? But if we get back up and we try again, then we're mastering that transformation. You know, how many times have you felt guilty because the to-do list became your boss instead of maybe you need to spend time with your kid before they left for college or high school or laying in the floor playing Legos? Like none of this time is wasted. So life is perfect is not true. It's just maintenance. I love that. Oh, so good. So many things, so many things I'm going to take away from this and, and work on myself. But um, as we finish up, is there anything that you would like to share with listeners? Like what advice do you have if they have a little nudging of a God-sized dream in their spirits? Um, how can they get started on their own journey? Yeah, I just want to remind people that you don't need a passport, right? You don't need an RV or to create some audacious change. You know, I had a friend the other day, she was laughing. She's like, you could just wake the kids up at two in the morning and say like, let's go look at the stars. And guess what? I've got a pizza. We're going to have a pizza party, you know, on a blanket in the wet grass. I mean, just fun things that you can think outside of the box, you know, grab a tent, go to a park, after dinner walks, you know, make a child feel custom, go check them out in the middle of the day and just be like, hey, it's just going to be me and you. You know, there's this quote by Benjamin Mee. He was uh, of the movie, We Bought a Zoo. And it says, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage, just literally 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery. And I promise you something great will come of it. Ooh, that's a great way to leave this today. We just need 20 seconds of courage. That's all it takes. I love it. So um, Stephanie, I know that my listeners are going to want to connect with you. So what's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, so stephaniepletka.com. And also all social media is at stephaniepletka.com or at stephaniepletka. And I wrote Living Your Best Life. And it is where all books are sold. Wonderful. This has been so great. I love, it, it makes me dream more. I'm like, okay, what can I do next? I just love being able to talk about these things because I think it's so important for us as moms to, to have that outside of the box thinking and to have those God-sized dreams. So Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Gabe. 
Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. If you resonate with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes as it's one of the biggest compliments you could give me. If you have any friends or family whom you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with them. Also, if you're not a part of our free Simplicity and Motherhood online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your giftings, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to redhotmindset.com for more resources and to find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you.